Welcome to the Heal Ministry Podcast, where we believe that God heals us in the way that brings Him the most glory and draws us closest to Him. Whether you've received healing, you're in the fight of your life, or you gave up on God a long time ago, you are welcome here. As you come to the table, listen with an open mind, knowing everyone's journey is unique and God's goodness truly can be found amidst our physical suffering. Hey there, welcome back to the Heal Ministry Podcast. My name is Tara Bradham Denai. It is my honor to be your host and to kick us off with the third episode in season three of the podcast. Thank you for being here. I am praying that God does something incredible in your life through this episode, and I do not believe that you are here by accident, not for one minute. So welcome, no matter where you are. And before we get going, I told you I'd be mentioning a few things about the Bible study that I have coming out in November. So I wanted to tell you a little bit more. First off, the title, the title is Through the Fog. And that comes from actually my memoir that came out, Swimming for Freedom in 2020. That's my story. If you're curious about how I got to this place and why I'm passionate about what we talk about here on the podcast, you can check that out. But in that book, I have a chapter called The Fog, where I use the fog as a metaphor to describe the chronic pain I was in and what it did to me mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically. And that seemed to resonate with a lot of people. And so when we were going through this, originally this Bible study was called Pain to Praise. It was a devotional that got churned into a Bible study. It's been such a process, but I felt like God was like, no, this is the metaphor for this study is the fog. And so I take you through in a six week journey through the fog. The way out is through. And so I would love it if you went today and went to Amazon. I will link it in the show notes, but our Bible study is up for pre-order. So you can pre-order this. If you're curious, the least bit interested, please go do so. I really believe that it has the power to transform your life. I mean, the study itself doesn't, but God working through the study and the Holy Spirit working in your life as you go through it and wrestle with him is what's going to affect change in your life. So please go do that. And I will link that in the show notes where you can pre-order the study. And our guest today was actually a part of the focus group for the study. So she's done it. She gave some great feedback and she has just been such a wonderful sister in Christ to me. What a gem. What a gem, you guys. Chantelle Jackson-Taylor is our guest today, and she is a veteran. She's a U.S. Air Force veteran. She's a woman of God who has dealt with her share of pain emotionally as well as physically, and she's gone through different things like endometriosis, fibromyalgia, and chronic fatigue syndrome. So God has actually challenged her to create a ministry for women. She has a blog called Purpose in the Pain, but then in addition to that, she's also a coach. So if you want more one-on-one stuff, she has some free 15 minute phone calls and different resources that you can get with her. So today she takes us through what that journey looked like for her, where she actually is honest about, she had a little bit of a victimization mindset about why me and how God in his grace transformed that into something beautiful, showing her his grace and kindness in her life. So here is just one more testimony of God's goodness and grace in the life of Chantel Jackson-Taylor. Chantel, here we are presenting everything that we have before the Lord today with me being sick, you having allergies, and it's going to be great. So welcome to the HEAL podcast. Yes, thank you for having me. And yes, it will be. (laughs) 
Well, I have just been so encouraged by your friendship telling you before we hit record. I know you're my sister in Christ, but I uh, just am really floored by your story and by your heart and God's goodness in your life and your bravery to keep following where he leads. So I believe people will be as well. I am stoked to have you share today. I'm going to tell them a little bit more about your professional side, but is there anything that you'd want people to know that's kind of fun or kind of something that I I wouldn't read about you professionally? (laughs) For sure. So the fun thing that I would like to share is just a little quirky, but I love to travel, but I don't like to pack and I don't like flying, Mm. but I love being in warm climates. I love meeting new people. I love learning about different cultures. But I just don't like the packing part and the part of getting there. I 100% agree with you and have had this thought before. I love traveling, (laughs) but I hate actually traveling. Mm -hmm. I think it's a a problem with the definition of the word, right? You like the places, but not the getting there. Absolutely. Like, I just want to go from my home to the location, like the in-between, no parts of it. Maybe one day we'll be able to teleport. That would be nice. Listen. All for that. All so for where it. where are you? Because it sounds like you're not in a sunny place for people listening. And then what's one of your favorite places you've been? No, ma'am. I am in Clinton, Maryland. So right in the DMV area, uh, right outside of Virginia, North Virginia and DC. Perfect location, but not warm enough for me all the time. I traveled to Belize in December. Okay. And I loved it. Yeah. Do you but, like Spanish? No. Well, I took Spanish in high school, but it's it's not a, a Spanish speaking location. Like I, I was ready, uh-huh. right? Like I had my Spanish one-on-one like ready. I was like, okay, uh-huh. I'm gonna go and utilize this. And no, it was more more like Patois. So I guess like if you were to visit like Jamaica or a country okay. like that. So it was, yeah. So I was like, man, I really wanted to put like my Spanish, you know, one-on-one to use, but it's okay. I'll use that for another travel, but it was beautiful. I loved it. I did have to travel, you know, I took the the plane from Maryland to Belize and then from the Belize Mm -hmm. airport to San Pedro, I had to take this very small jet Cessna-like plane. I think it was 15 passenger max, 14 minutes to be exact, but yeah, I did it. Praise God. I did it. (laughs) <laughs> and it was great. Oh, I love that. I could go into all of that. I just decided, uh, courtesy of being inspired by my mother-in-law, to make a scrapbook of my year in South America. So I'm mm-hmm. living in those memories right now, and it just warms my heart. So I have not mm-hmm. been to Belize. That's awesome. <laughs> okay, Chantel, let's jump in because we don't have that much time. Will you okay. take people through a little bit of your pain journey, starting with when you started seeing all the doctors I guess, first off, let's back up a little bit. Mm-hmm. You were in the military. Thank you Correct. for your service. What branch were you in? Air Force. Okay. And then starting with that, so that's obviously a huge part of your story. So just take us away. So, yeah. So as I think back to high school, and I won't go that far back, but I think I actually had endometriosis then. I just didn't realize that the pain wasn't normal. Mm-hmm. I was in palms and uh, dance and all the things. So I had extracurriculars and I just knew that I had to show up. Mm-hmm. So I took, you know, Tylenol and Motrin and all those things just to be present, to be able to, I guess, normalize the pain and be able to function. Right. But in 2006, when I was in the military, I started to feel this pain in the lower left side of my um, pelvic area. And initially it was subtle. I thought, oh, maybe I strained something. Then it progressed over time. And I mean, like, 
I started feeling, you know, some additional pain, maybe like two weeks later, I was like, okay, this isn't quite normal. It wasn't until the pain got so excruciating that I could barely like button my pants for work or stand Mm -hmm. in the upright position because just that stretch on my stomach alone was excruciatingly painful. And so I went to the women's health clinic. Um, At this time I was stationed in Andrews and they couldn't find anything. So throughout this journey, it was a two-year journey of misdiagnosis and undiagnosis. Mm. So that was in two, 2006. In 2006, I was misdiagnosed for having, well, I, I did have a, a yucky gallbladder, but that wasn't the issue. Yeah. So, right. So I had the surgery for that. I was kind of hopeful that, okay, like this will be it and I'll be able mm. to, you know, be back to my normalcy. And then the pain just persisted. So being in a metropolitan area, I was able to visit multiple Um, military doctors and things like that on other installations in Virginia, DC, other places in Maryland. And it was the same, sorry, Ms. Jackson Taylor, or Sergeant Jackson Taylor at the time, we don't know what this is. And so I started to feel right, like it was in my head, because I knew what I was feeling. I knew that it wasn't normal. But why weren't they able to find anything? You know, I had MRIs, x-rays, just various going to the gastro doctor, yeah. right? Just various um, tests and things to try to figure it out and nothing. And I'm sure the military mindset was factoring into this as well, where, I mean, I have not been in the military, but I have two grandfathers where it's just this, you know, suck it up, do your duty. And if we're not finding it, like... Absolutely. Yeah, it's not yeah. there. <laughs> and it's the do your duty part, right? Yeah. So I had one, I had one good week out of the month. So it was correlated around mm-hmm. my cycle. So coming on to my but cycle... But you didn't know that for a while, right? I didn't know... That, that it was going with your cycle because you weren't sure that's what it was, right? So I didn't know... I was able to kind of pinpoint it around my cycle because I had one good week before my cycle then the week of my cycle forget about it and then the week after it was like okay so like that one good week of the month we're going to get everything in this week right and so that's why i went to women's health because i was able to pinpoint that it had something to do with it but we didn't know what it was but they still couldn't do it even with that lead nope and Hmm. so yeah so this went on for two years and i couldn't perform my physical duties right military you have a, there, there's a, a physical part that i have to do pt mm-hmm. all the time i couldn't perform in that either and so i was on a waiver a physical waiver for you know the, the two-year um, time frame and so just when i was about to give up like i'm battling these thoughts in my mind like i i know that this isn't normal i know that something's going on but no one else can see it because it's invisible something told me to go back to the women's health clinic in which I started. And there was a new doctor there and I was kind of leery. Um, you know, once you get a doctor, you get someone that kind of knows your story, knows what you're going going through, you get comfortable with yeah. them, right? Like you don't want to keep explaining these things to different people, mm-hmm. but I was open to it. And I'm so glad that I was Tara because when I did, you know, we had dialogue a few words in, she told me that she thought it was endometriosis. So the previous location where she was stationed, there was a woman there that actually they had just diagnosed with endometriosis. So she had all the, the knowledge and you know the history of it. And so at that point, I had a laparoscopic surgery and it was determined that I did in fact have endometriosis. And shortly after I was I'm medically discharged from the Air Force. Gotcha. The only way to diagnose endometriosis is through surgery, right? It's like to actually see it. Is that right? I believe so. So back when I was diagnosed in 2008, it, we had to have a laparoscopic surgery 
surgery. But recently I've had an MRI and the doctor who ordered it was able to see, you know, traces okay. of endometriosis there. I don't know how definitive that is. Like I already had the history of it. So I think maybe she was comfortable with it. But if it's like a first time diagnosis, I don't know if they rely on an MRI versus the laparoscopic procedure. Gotcha. Thank you. I just didn't know my own curiosity. Mm -hmm. Okay. So take us through, that's like the physical side of what was going on, but there's also a spiritual side and spiritual elements to this. Mm -hmm. So what was your journey with God? I know you were brought kind of back into the fold or kind of tell us what was going on in that. And then we'll maybe try to weave the two stories together. Yeah. So during that time, you know, I was uh, dealing with the physical pain of it, but then I was also dealing with some emotional pain, emotional pain correlated with the physical aspects of it, but then also other things that were going on in my life. And so I was just in a, what I would call a dark place internally. I felt like I was drowning but externally, I was wearing the smile. I was wearing the mask. You know, I was um, showing up in areas as if all was well. And a friend of mine said, Sean, you need to go to church. <laughs> she said it just like that. And I was like, okay. And, and another friend, unrelated, invited me to church, which is now my church home. And I rewind a little bit. I was a church goer. But I didn't have that relationship, yeah. right? So I knew church was a place where I can go, I can feel inspired, where, you know, nice people were, yeah. but I just didn't, it wasn't a personal relationship. It wasn't something that settled in my heart. It was just an act of going, you know, to yeah. church periodically sometimes. And so when I went to church and my friend invited me to her church, I was like, I really like this place. Like it was just something in the atmosphere that really drew me in. You know, I loved my pastor. And the funny thing, like just it's the hindsight thinking, right? Or remembering things. I'm like, I was in the, so it's a mega church. And I was devising, like I was coming up with this plot and this plan on how I could still wear a mask, hide my truth, hide my hurt, hide my pain and, and show up and be fed. So I'm like, you know what? I can sit right up in there in that corner in the balcony, come here every Sunday and have no accountability in my life. No one would ever know what's going on with me. I can come and leave and that's just yeah. it. I was like, okay, this is gonna work. Like I'm still trying to hide the pain in the place where I needed to release it the most. Right, right. And my pastor, and he says this, you know, all the time because you know, big churches can be rather intimidating, but he lets people know yeah. like it's when you come here and once you get involved, it just gets smaller and smaller. And that was the truth. Mm-hmm. The more I came, the more I recognized like, wait, like there is something that's waiting for me. Like I was just I started thirsting mm-hmm. for an authentic and true deep change and transformation in my life. So I started joining ministries and it just became smaller and smaller. And, you know, the the transformation in my life just really started to, you know, take place. Yeah. What was the timeline on this connecting the two stories? Was was this happening simultaneously or how did they connect? Um, it wasn't simultaneously. So when I was so the the pain part that went on for a year so like i was diagnosed in 2008 Mm -hmm. discharged in 2009 i started going to my church i think around 2010 or 11 Mm -hmm. became a member around i believe 2012 and -hmm. then after that is when i started really like okay I need to start going through these discipleships. Like, what do they have these programs? Let me start going, you yeah. know, becoming a part. I really want to change because it was there for me, 
But I think, again, like I said, when I came into church and I was coming up with this plan to still like, I guess, have one foot in and one foot out, if you will. Mm -hmm. It was a process, right? It was like an intentional part of me wanting to release that one foot that was out and like jump Mm -hmm. all in. Yeah. So it's interesting to me, your story, because you kind of have both feet out or like a toe in maybe on like the (laughs) periodical going to church and then you're deciding, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to put both feet in here Mm -hmm. when you already had pain. So for you coming in, deepening your relationship with Christ, when you already had pain, what did that look like? Did you start learning like, okay, now I'm going to see God as a healer. Like, what do I do with God as a healer when I'm in pain? Like, did you ever consciously process that or, or not really as you connected deeper with God to my personal life and pain? So the physical part of the pain, not so much. The okay. emotional part of it, I think is what really drew me into the, to, to the thirst to like, something has got to give because it was the, uh, it was the emotional part of it that was really causing like the depression that was really causing the thoughts of like I'm I'm not enough mm-hmm. right like I I couldn't see myself as worthy I didn't see myself as necessary I knew that I was a mom I knew that I had life to live you know for her but outside of that I had lost complete sense of my self-worth and value because of what was going on physically, I know you have more to your story. Are you willing mm-hmm. to kind of allude or share a little bit of, was it just all of these things contributing to the lack of worth? I was in a relationship that really took me to the place of losing my self-value and my self-worth. Yeah. So that was the bulk of the emotional aspect of it, as well as mm-hmm. dealing with coping with the physical pain, right? Because there's also an emotional part of that yeah. that, you know, comes with it as well. Just the it's still here and it's still hard. And yeah, and the lifestyle change. It's like, yeah. what is this? What is this? And why? And, and you, your career, you, co- I mean, all of that, you changed. lost your career due to absolutely physical. Absolutely. Yeah, because I was in the Air Force for a little over almost nine years when I was medically yeah. discharged. So I had a decade of your life, a decade of my life. I, I made a staff sergeant the first time around. You know, that was a goal of mine. I had my uh, career ready. You know, I had went through everything uh, to become an HR uh, journeyman is what they called it. I loved HR. So I was just, I I was set, settled. Yeah. So it's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, maybe it wasn't the exact physical pain of it, but it's like, well, this affects your identity in so many other ways. I just see these like little arms reaching out into like all the different parts of your identity. It's just so connected. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Take us through now where you are because I mean you're doing a ministry for people in pain so Mm -hmm. yeah how how are you doing now I'm doing well now I'm doing you know I'm I'm in a good place because of God's grace yeah I'm in a good place because of God's grace you know I never thought that what I endured God could use Hmm. so it's those are the parts of me that I, I think I try to hide because it was like, God can't use this. Why? Because it's like, okay, this is for me and my own perseverance and growth with God, but maybe not for others. Or what was the thought behind that? I think it was, you know, we sometimes you can think like, I have to be perfect in God's eyes. Like everything has mm. to be perfect in God's eyes. And so when I was a babe in Christ, when I was first coming into relationship with him, he didn't want the chronic pain. He didn't want the emotional pain, although I wanted to give it over to like, I didn't want it anymore. But that was the part of the things that 
I feel drew me closer to him. I feel like that's what was used to draw me closer to him. And in that, then a ministry was birthed through the pain. But at the beginning, not thinking, like, he doesn't want this. He doesn't want this. He doesn't want, like, he he can't use this. And it just blew my mind. I was at a... um, at a conference, uh, Bishop T.D. Jakes had oh, love um, him so much. a conference and I was there and this was in 20, I believe it was 2016. I was at this conference and I just cried out to God. I was like, Lord, like, what is my purpose? I'm seeing all these people at these booths and seeing all these presenters. And just in that moment, I was like, you know, I, I have a relationship with you. Like, I love you. Um, I love your word. You're showing me so many things. And I'm like, but what is my purpose? Like I was just crying out for my purpose. And in that, before I was done with the um at the conference, I just heard purpose in the pain. Mm-hmm. And so the first would the first thing I did was I went to make sure that the URL was secure. <laughs> and I went to make sure that the Instagram name, you know, all of those things were secured. And even in that, it started out as a blog, but I passively launched. Huh. A piece of me was like, okay, Lord, I'm gonna be obedient. Right. And in that, it looked like pressing publish on my blog, but not telling a soul about it. Maybe like my mom and my best friend. It's out there. You know, if someone wants to like Google this exact words, like they might find it. (laughs) They might. But that but I but I was obedient because I still didn't quite believe that. Oh, I get that. Yeah. Okay. So Mm -hmm. that's where Mm -hmm. God has taken you. You mentioned on your website something about, which is kind of where you're going here a little bit, that you kind of lived in a victimization place. Mm -hmm. So will you take us through how did you move from the victimization to a place of gratitude? What does that look like? Because I think some people listening might be in that place. And if we can, as tenderly as possible as their sisters in Christ, sometimes we just don't realize it. Mm -hmm. And maybe listening, the Holy Spirit might be prodding them a little bit saying, hey, maybe there is a little bit of victimization here. So I guess maybe how, how would someone know if they have a little bit of a victim mindset? Because it can be a blind spot. And, and how did that transform for you? Mm-hmm. So for me, I think I was in the place of asking, right? Like, why me? Why did this have to happen to me? You know, how could this be my story? I don't deserve this. Mm. And so that was my mindset at first, you know, that was just part of me adjusting. It was it was difficult. But once I came into relationship with God, then I realized that he can use that too. And it reminds me of the Apostle Paul, a story in, uh, was that 2 Corinthians 12, I think 9 and 10, where he has a thorn in his side, right? And he asks God, he pleads three times, like, please remove this from me, please remove this from me. And the Lord's reply is my grace is sufficient and my power, you know, is made perfect in your weakness. And it just reminded me, but it, it was a process, right? So it was a process for me to go from that part of thinking, why me? To then thinking, well, why not me? Because God can use that too. And God is still perfect in all of it. He's still with me. It is his grace that carries me through everything that I endure. Yeah, that's so good. I think we can be in that place. I almost feel like it's a necessary part once you start processing your pain, whether that's physical or emotional or mental, Mm -hmm. because I feel like that's a very human response to say, why me? Absolutely. So what I'm processing out loud with you, I do not have an answer. So what takes us to either why me victimization or the why not me with God? 
Mm. Yeah. Is, is that just a dependency and saying, okay, God, I see this. I'm saying why me, but I believe in your goodness enough to trust you and help Holy Spirit. Would you, would you change my mind? Would you renew my mind? Is that yeah. the difference? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I would say that a, a huge part of it is a renewal of the mind, right? And a, a, it's a battle of the mind. So it takes us to Romans 12 and 2 and also to Philippians 4 and 6, like just focusing on those things of the Lord and coming out of the mindset. Um, and it, and I keep repeating that it is a process because it does, it isn't easy, but, you know, coming out of seeing ourselves or identifying ourselves with the pain or with our circumstance or the challenges and really beginning to see ourselves as the Lord sees us. And in that relying fully on him to carry us through the healing journey and use it for his glory and, and however he, you know, decides to do so. Yeah. So while you're talking, I'm imagining people listening and they're like, come on, Chantel, you're in the military. Like, give me my one, two, three step. You know, what is the practical mm -hmm. way to do this? But I'm reminded I had a conversation with my mother-in-law this week and just talking about hope and disappointment. And that's something I've really been processing. How do you hope again? You know, I think it's mm -hmm. not to not hope at all, but mm -hmm. how, how do you let the God of all hope overflow into your life to where you hope again, even after disappointment? And I'm like, what does that practically look like? And she's like, you know, sometimes I think it's not a practical thing. Maybe sometimes it's just asking the Holy Spirit to do what we can't do. Yeah. And so maybe just for someone listening, I feel like I just want to say that you're like, okay, well, what's the practical step to move past the why me into the gratitude? Mm -hmm. Maybe it's just asking the Holy Spirit to do what you can't. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Yeah, because we, we can't do the things in our own strength, right? So like every day it's asking him, please show up for me, right? I need you. Yeah, I need you because I can't do it in my own strength. So meet me in this. Uh -huh. Like that really comes, push comes to shove when it's like, do you really believe that you have a God who can transform your mind? Or do you believe this is up to you with your own meditation and your own mental practices and all of this stuff to fix? Absolutely. And I'm not saying that it is a partnership, mm -hmm. but do you really believe in a God who does something outside of anything that you can do. Absolutely. That's so good. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. In all of this, Chantel, I just want to know to you, how do you see God's kindness? That's something I've been focusing on this year. And so I love hearing this from people through your mental, physical, emotional, spiritual pain. Where do you see God's kindness to you in it? Yes. I see God's kindness through, um, his love for me and I see that tangibly through people that he's brought into my life right like I have a supportive family I have um supportive friends I have supportive sisters in Christ just when I thought like I was alone on this island God started showing me that there's women there's people who understand because they too you know live with chronic illness and chronic pain he's provided for me through resources where I might have thought in, in my own strength and my own thoughts, like, how is this going to add up? Or how will I be able to sustain through this? He continues to show up for me and he keeps me. That's a word that's really been on my heart is like, I've been kept uh. through it all. And so that is where I see his kindness show up in my circumstances. Oh, I love that. I'm not sure I've ever thought about being kept by God. Mm -hmm not being cast off. It's like he pulls you closer, like underneath his wing. Yes. I think oh, that's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. I could just sit right there. Yeah. I love that. Chantel, what would you say to someone who's maybe 
and you said you were in a really dark place. Mm-hmm. And I know that can look really different for a lot of different people, but do you have anything that you would want to say to people who, who might be in that place now that you're a little bit on the other side? Yeah, for sure. I would say that for anyone that is in a dark space, to one, know that you're not alone. To know that in these times, I know I mentioned earlier that when I was in that place, I thought that I couldn't bring it to God. But to know that he wants it all. And I have to, like, I remind myself and when I'm speaking to, like, healthies and counselees, like, God wants that too. He is the source that we don't have to hide anything from. So, you know, I just would encourage you to bring it to him. And then he is the source, but there's also other resources. So he has, you know, uh, counselors and mm-hmm. therapists and coaches and friends and ministries and churches. And there's, there's, there's a plethora of resources that the source can provide and to help you, you know, get through this dark time. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to travel through it alone. You don't have to be stuck in shame. You don't have to be captive, you know, to your thoughts. Yeah, I would say that yeah. you don't have to go through it alone. Don't suffer in silence. The source and the resources. And the I love that because resources. it's not. We're not saying what I said earlier. It's not like okay, just pray for God to change your mind and then don't do anything. It's, yeah. it's a both and thing. It's Ask a, Him to yeah. do what you can't and do Absolutely. do what you can. Absolutely, it reminds me of the the woman with the issue of blood, right? Yeah. Um, that story reminds me a lot of, I'm reminded of my story a lot in that, you know, she went to um, several physicians, she spent her life savings, and she knew that at the end of it all, if she can just touch the hem of Jesus' garment, but she had to take that step, right? Yeah. Like she had to do something in that. And yes. when she, her thought process was like, I will be well if I can just touch the hem of his garment. And he said back to her that you you have been made, your faith, da- he called her daughter. Mm-hmm. So there's an identity there, mm-hmm. right? Your faith has made you well, like be whole, be healed and go. And so I'm just reminded in that, that he is available to us, but it's a part, like we have to take that leap too. And sometimes it isn't easy, but again, there's people out there to encourage you, to walk alongside you, Mm -hmm. have coaches, counselors, therapists to be there with you along the way. So you are one of those people, coach, counselor, therapist. So here's your little (laughs) blurb. Tell us a little bit about what you do and how God has used these things you didn't think that he could use. My God, he blows my mind. So um, I'm a leader of a a nonprofit called Purpose in the Pain. And through Purpose in the Pain, we just walk alongside women with chronic illness, chronic pain to uh, just encourage them to know that there is still purpose in their story, that they can still live victoriously through Christ despite, you know, their challenges and what they're dealing with. We do this through one-on-one care sessions. So I am a, um, a Christian care counselor, not licensed. It's a, sort of like biblical counseling. And through that, so we do one-on-one coaching. We do um, group sessions. So we have like a meetup once a month with women where we can just meet in a vulnerable space. And we also offer uh, coaching sessions to the nonprofit. And then we also have, we partake in like local community activities when available here in Maryland. And then I'm also a Christian life coach through Chantel Janice LLC, where I walk alongside women and help them get unstuck from the things that are holding them in bondage and captivity and walk alongside them to victory and a life of freedom in their lives. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I just realized Mm -hmm. as you're talking, your breadth of life experience is really great. And we didn't even go into the part of your story, but like you are a co-caregiver 
right now with your mom for your dad. And I just feel like you have a vast amount of experience of being the person in pain, of taking care of the person in pain, of going through the mental side. And so I just, I really hope if someone's feeling prompted right now that they will take advantage of, of how God has redeemed all of this and how you're offering to, to help people in these ways. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for your obedience. I don't know if you get affirmed enough, probably not. So thank you, Chantel, for doing what you're doing. Thank you, Tara. Praise God. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. What have we not covered? Is there anything that God has put on your heart or did we get it all? I was, I just wanted to say one thing, one last thing. This has been on my heart and heavy for the last two weeks. And I think we alluded to this a little bit, but I just want to encourage someone to know that pain is not a sign of weakness. It is a trigger to our bodies to know that something's not right, or maybe we need someone, or maybe that's just a thing that we need to bring to God, or maybe we just need someone to talk to. So just going back to you are not alone. If you feel pain, whether it's physical or emotional, or whether you are a person that is in a life of someone that has that has expressed physical or emotional pain, just to be that that support system, you know, because we all need someone or if you're enduring the pain to not hide it, don't be shameful of it, but to bring it to the source or the resources so that you can walk in your healing. Oh, I love that so much. Source resources. Thank you, Chantel. Thank you for doing this today. Thank you for what you've sacrificed to follow God because I know what there have been sacrifices as well so just thank you thank you for being my sister in Christ and thank you for doing this likewise thank you for having me what a blessing I love how Chantel is an example of God's sufficient grace in her pain that she's not 100% healed physically, but in her own words, her pain no longer consumes her. I think God consumes her as an all-consuming fire that he is. So thank you so much to Chantel. Please pray for her. Please check out her resources, guys. She's a Christian life and empowerment coach as well as a Christian care counselor, and I have linked some of her resources in the show notes below. So please give her some love. Check that out and we will see you here again next week.